0: There is only one Queen. Long live Queen Elizabeth.
1: God save the Queen. All that's happened on my watch is the place has fallen apart. The Crown Cast, a new watch along podcast series from News Talk. The Crown. The Crown. The Crown, the Crown must win.
0: Hello, this is Kira Kelly, and you're very welcome to episode seven of The Crown Cast, the podcast series on News Talk that looks at all the different episodes of series four of The Crown. Pulls them apart and makes royal mincemeat of them too no actually we're all fans uh, this is episode 7 this is The Hereditary Principle and to discuss it now I'm joined by Andrea Gilligan of Lunchtime Live fame who we've had on before but she was just so bloody good we had to have her back I'm because as we know Andrea
1: massive royalist oh, yeah. that you are I now like to be referred to as Lady Gilligan actually if you don't mind I think, <laughs> it, uh, I think it sits well
0: <laughs> I think of you as Princess
1: Andrea oh, to be honest yeah.
0: <laughs> I've yeah. been called um, so much
1: worse that I'll take either so
0: <laughs> I was laughing I was saying you have a tough act to follow because episode. Six, we did the it, Sinead Ryan, who knows far more about the royal family than you or I. You or I are more the, the goggle box version of, of yeah, royal Sinead's viewers a than proper any kind of
1: royalist. Like yeah. she's, yeah. you know, she's big into yeah. it.
0: Yeah, yeah, indeed she is. And this one is all about largely Princess Margaret, Mm -hmm. who we did talk about this actually in the last episode. She was kind of the Diana of her day. She was the beautiful one, the vivacious one. She outshone the Queen. The Queen didn't like it overly when she was outshone by her. But she had, you know, a film star-esque quality about her maybe in the 60s, 20 years before Diana was around, but also was unhappy in love, was also vulnerable. She didn't appear to have an eating disorder, but she certainly, if this is something to go by, used to lean on the drink a little bit. So so, quite a, a parallel figure in her day to Princess Diana.
1: For me, from watching The Crown, and I knew very little about Princess Margaret prior to this, and I take this se- this whole series now as being absolute gospel. So this, to me now, is what the, the royal... <laughs> Let's just do that. Yeah, this is what they're like. But like for in the first couple of episodes, I suppose, Margaret is, she's kind of like the celebrity. You know, she's like a cele- bit, bit of a celebrity in the family. Um, and she's sort of glamorous and she has these kind of celeb friends and she's all socialising and real bubbly. And then I think in this episode, the hereditary principle, you get to see this like total opposite side yeah. to this woman, who's a very humble side to her, and and she's she's depressed in it, and yeah. it's kind of this whole episode of her nearly trying to find herself a little bit. And it,
0: it totally is, and and you know what? I know we've talked before in this series about the the fact versus fiction kind of a thing, but. I vaguely remember when I was a kid, like a small kid, like under the age of 10, single digits, Margaret. I don't remember anything about her, but mm. she seemed to be very, very famous and kind of on the world stage. And then I do kind of remember her disappearing, disappearing so much that I couldn't tell Margaret and Anne apart uh, by the time I was yeah. into my kind of teens and 20s. Like, I couldn't really remember which one of them was which. They were kind of side players, bit players in the royal family. But she had been huge. And this kind of, this this whole episode sort of reflects the loss I- I within her life. Mm-hmm. And when I, what I mean by the loss, I mean, she lost her status, as we saw within it, Edward came of age and she was bumped out of the inner circle of the royal family, you know, for terms of gigs. Her allure, maybe, you know, she was trying to, pull your man at the beginning of it the guy who turned out to want to become a priest and was probably gay uh so she was kind of losing her her status her position her allure uh, her her purpose in life seemed to be unraveling and and you know we often talk about midlife crises for men mm-hmm. but it kind of looked like she was having one
1: Kira, I felt really sorry for throughout all of this. Like, I have a, every episode I feel sorry for a different one of them. I moved from, you know, yeah, I do too. Charles and Diana. And anyway, in, in in this hereditary principle in number seven, anyway, I was really, felt really sorry for Margaret and all of this. And like, there's this really just sad scene where is it after Edward's birthday? Um, The Queen brings one of her, you know, her, her people or her minders in for this chat with Margaret. And it's obviously all constructed how they're going to do it. And they sit her down and, you know, kind of tell her, like, well, this. This is the what is it, whatever it is the Regency Act, and they outline the whole principles of how the rules follow, and tell her that she has to play by the rules. And as you say, like she's getting you know, it's it's kind of like she's just been dumped off the schedule because Edward's arrived now and he's of age and he's going to start taking the gigs. And like, she just talks about wanting a bit of work and yeah. a purpose. And, and they and set
0: they set it up as very poignant because obviously her health isn't great. She's coughing and hacking away for the whole episode um, in a very un-Corona-like fashion and she has uh, a cigarette in her hand at all times. So, so her health isn't great. She probably has fears around that because I think her dad, I think he as I recall, died of something respiratory as well. So that's all, all mm. going on. And she says, what I really need now to take my mind off all of this is more work. And she kind of appeals to the Queen to use her more. And the Queen's response to that, this is to her sister, not just to a random person or a colleague, is actually I'll be using you a lot less. Like, there's no room for sentiment in that family at all.
1: And like, the Queen is a real tough nut. Like, she just takes absolutely no nonsense in any of this at all. And like, there's poor Margaret, you know, she gets the gig of doing a bit of deputising for Elizabeth in some of these formal occasions and all of a sudden she's told, no, sorry, you're going to have to relinquish all your duties that you may have had because, uh, you know, my whatever grandson Edward has now turned the right age and, and he's going to be deputising for me in, on some of these gigs and it's just oh, it's just like it's just very sad and you know a part of me when I was watching it last week I was just thinking to myself like Jesus is that what it's like do you know what I mean is that they just get called in and told ah, sorry somebody else has arrived on the seat now
0: you're gone none <laughs> of us none of us expected and it's exactly as you said none of us expected us to watch the crown and actually feel sorry for the royals but you do find yourself oh, doing that at
1: times yeah, I'm feeling sorry for them all from episode to episode. I shift. I'm very, I'm very flighty in all of this, Kira. I have a different. We're, we're, uh,
0: we're obviously all very easily manipulated. Yeah. Um, uh, Intercut in all of this episode with all the stuff about Margaret and as I say this largely does focus on the character of Margaret is these scenes which we don't really understand why we're being shown them initially of what would have been I I probably would have been called a mental institution or it would have been called a psychiatric asylum or something back in the day uh, of this kind of big old Bleak place with huge wards full of people with kind of intellectual and physical disabilities who are kind of shuffling around in day rooms being given tablets. It's, it's 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 a grim, kind of bleak. One flew over the cuckoo's nest kind of an environment and and and, and it's set exactly as it would be in, in its day with no kind of modern spin on it, as it were. and we we don't initially know why we're being shown these 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 women but there's other people who who are these particular women but these other people who are living in the, in this kind of home this residential home for people with disabilities and then it kind of gradually unfolds why we're looking at these scenes um talk a little bit about that yeah
1: i couldn't get my head around this at the start when we were shown um, shown these scenes at the very start and it was kind of two older women and initially I thought they just were real royalists and you know followed the Queen very closely and then you get a bit of an insight later on into the programme that um, it's actually Margaret who goes off and investigates the, what, what's the family connection she gets her um his former ex boyfriend or whatever the guy that went into the priesthood at the very start that she that she was meeting up with is he dazzle she calls him, uh, she gets him to go off and and look she in, does. yeah look into this and um, they find this family genealogy book and you know they go through they find that there's even dates for when these two women um, had when it was you know conf- they were told that they'd passed away or they died and uh, they turn they find out then that they're two cousins on the Queen's side of the family isn't it they're. Like yeah, it's on, on, the que- on the Queen Mother's side of the family. It's and but it's. I thought it was a real insight, you know, into Margaret that she she took this on and she wanted to go and find out the the connection behind these two cousins and what was the whole like. She was for f- hugely sympathetic towards she what happened to them. So
0: I, I, and we can only take this at face value. We've no idea oh, that, yeah. <laughs> what Mar- Margaret does or doesn't think, but let's go for this. What, she's hugely sympathetic. But I, I felt that Margaret was looking at these two women and seeing a sort of a reflection of herself, as in, I have all these problems. I'm a sort of an embarrassment at time to the rest of the family because, you know, I don't, you know, I kind of, I'm flighty. I, I, I've cracked up a little bit. I've, I've had all these issues. And what they really want to do is tidy me away into the background as well, and that um, I I think Margaret saw how they were treated as a reflection of how she thought the royal family might like to treat her mm. herself,
1: hidden away and is that, neglected. Is that too deep? No, I like I think that you know I would agree with you. I think Margaret probably did see a little bit of herself in the two in the two sisters or in the two cousins because she too feels like I suppose in many ways she's been neglected, and she had this great line in the piece where she she tells the Queen to behave like human beings. And yeah. you know it's. It's very sad. I, I thought
0: it was. I thought it was a small bit clunky, to be honest. This this particular idea, because I'm not sure, because it was a common, and I'm not saying it was right. It was absolutely dreadful in many ways, but it was a common occurrence in families in Ireland as well as in England, and not just the royal family. That when when somebody had. A profound disability and we had it here we had our own histories of 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 industrial schools and and homes and all sorts of things in fact we had one of the highest rates of people being incarcerated in, in psychiatric institutions in the world so it was a common enough thing for this to happen it wasn't just a royal thing mm. and, and i i was wondering when i was watching it would margaret have been so horrified when it was probably of its time relatively normal okay you, you even you though, think even though it's... horrible
1: yeah. Well uh, yeah, I, I just thought well I suppose I I'm only basing this on, on the we'll, episode. We'll have a little
0: we'll have a little listen to her talking to the Queen Mother about how outrageous it is. They're your nieces. Daughters of your favourite brother. They were unwell. Aunt Ronella was overwhelmed. And then the way things suddenly changed for all of us. None of us could have foreseen it. It what's it? Well, the abdication. Of not course. everything that is wrong with this family can be explained away by the abdication. But the abdication did change everything. You were too young to understand. Everything. It's complicated. Right? No, it's not. It's wicked and it's cold hearted. It's cruel. It's entirely in keeping with. It the ruthlessness I myself have experienced in this family. If you're not first in mind, if you're an individual character with individual needs, and God forbid, an irregular temperament, if, if you don't fit the perfect mold of silent, dutiful supplication, then you'll be spat out, or you'll be hidden away, or worse, declared dead. Darwin had nothing on you lot. Shame on all of you. Margaret. No. Margaret! So as you point out there, Andrea, obviously outraged by the whole thing, although I, I did feel she was speaking a, a, about herself. We do notice, one of the things I liked in this, and, and they do this all the time, that the kind of the, the parallels that they use mm. between one person and another, or one situation and another. This episode ends with Margaret sitting by the pool on Mustique, that island in the Caribbean that she goes to for a kind of a retreat from time to time, as we've seen throughout mm. the series, alone and looking very broken. And, and I was reminded of the end of the previous episode with Diana. Diana sitting in a very similar pose alone in a bath in some royal residence alone
1: and kind of broken. Do you think that they are trying to set up a parallel between these two women? Yeah, possibly. Like, I, I thought it was sort of, it was really interesting. She, did she go twice in this episode to mystique the island? She did, and yeah. Yeah, she's kind of, I suppose, wallowing in some element of self-pity when she's there. But they do have, you know, karaoke and cocktails and the whole lot while she's there as well to help her forget everything that's, you know, going on back home and the, um, the atrocity, I, I, maybe, if you like, to what happened to the two cousins. But...
0: I think they do that very well. The feverish kind of an energy around Margaret when she's socialising and ostensibly happy. There's a kind of a brittle, feverishness to it that she's ha 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 and the yeah. clinking the glasses and yeah yeah she's she's up. But she's up too high. She th- like it's it's a performative. It doesn't ring true to me. It it it, it, sh- it it's more like an unhappy person trying to look happy or something. Yeah, she's
1: very th- kind of theatrical, and you know, I suppose maybe that's that sort of celeb status that she kind of has about herself. But uh, one of my favorite scenes in it is the bit actually where Charles lands over to visit her, um, you know, and and he's obviously having a bit mm-hmm. of a rough time himself, uh, you know. Well,
0: let, let's actually have a listen to that. Diana's pregnant again. Congratulations. Which one might imagine would lift the spirits. Instead, an even deeper gloom seems to have descended on both of us. We hardly see one another anymore, and when we do, we quarrel more than ever. So depressing, corrosive. Mm. And it's left me with no option but to start seeing someone. Yes, I think we all know about that. No, not Camilla. I meant a professional. A therapist to help with the moods. A head shrinker. But, Margaret, you can't call them that. Has it helped? Well, it hasn't made things worse. Mm, not much of an endorsement. The reason I bring it up is... I promised Anne that I would urge you to try seeing someone too. Are you both ganging up? You both care. Why not try when you're back in London? Anne thinks she's found someone good. And obviously, in that scene there, Charles talking about going for therapy, he says, I, I, "I've started to see someone," and she yeah. Riley says, "Yes, we all we all know that." Charles and he goes, "No, no, not her, the therapist," <laughs> but but but. The, the idea that Charles is in therapy uh, Di was in therapy Margaret was in therapy And obviously Therapy wasn't even that common mm. At the time It wasn't a, 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 as common As it would be nowadays It's quite interesting Oh completely And I, did, they, did they not
1: at one point Say that the Yeah the whole family Knew about it So there's absolutely No level of You know patient confidentiality Here and everybody Seemed to know that Charles at this stage um, Had you know Whatever engaged a counsellor or was, or was going to meet Or to speak to somebody um, And he's trying to You know ta- talk Margaret around Into the fact that she she too should do the same, that you know, he's found great help from this and great benefit of it, and that she should go along and get some help and advice herself. But I just for me the whole thing was just Margaret finding herself yeah, was I, I do think episode. and
0: maybe maybe lastly we'll take a little listen to the speech she does make towards the end to her friend Dazzle. Why would I? The title, My Seniority, The Proximity to the Crown is my happiness it's who i am i don't expect you to understand
1: no i don't understand you've just discovered terrible things about your family a system that ignored five members of its own to protect itself will that same system protect you no it doesn't protect anything except the center those away from the center but
0: i am in the center i am in the very center i am the queen's sister daughter to a king emperor And I will always be in the center. Now go, Dazzle. Back to your ecstatic new family, and I will struggle on in mine. And I think it would be better if we don't see one another again. And should you ever find a moment Perhaps you will pray for me. And obviously in that speech, that's quite an impassioned speech. And we've seen the journey that she's been on throughout this episode, Andrea, where, where she has been critical of her own family, disenchanted, disenfranchised, unhappy and all of that. But when he criticises them, she starts to defend them. She starts to to, to kind of rise up and, and put back on the, the mantle of, of, of princessness again and, and kind of that royal ermine cloak, mm. metaphorically. Um, like all of us, we'll give out about our own families. No one else is allowed <laughs> to attack
1: them. Yeah, absolutely. It's a sort of, um, a bit of a madhouse that none of us can really escape, isn't it? Your own, uh, sometimes your own, your 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 yeah, own and, family. But. And,
0: and her her hers more more than others. But but just, I suppose, lastly, do you think that what we saw there, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I, I, I'll tell you what I thought. I thought we saw her kind of unravel and yeah. slightly... Put herself back together insofar as she can with with her own limitations because I think she is quite vulnerable.
1: Yeah, she oh, she is completely and I I saw a very different um, side to Margaret throughout this whole episode. It's a it's a tough episode. Like it's one of the you know more serious episodes I suppose of the series. Yeah. I found by comparison to some of the rest of them in um in series four. But it's yeah, I suppose it just shows La- off the vulnerability.
0: Last last question. What did you think of, of the little? sort of thing that they did at the end where they showed the pictures in real life of the the cousins with the disabilities and said, look, here they are, here they are in real life. They did exist. This is when they actually died. And one of them only died, I think, in, uh, not that long ago, okay. about 10 years ago. I thought,
1: it was, I thought it was nice. It makes it feel like it's, you know, it's very factual and very real. And it's yeah. nearly more documentary like whether it is or not. And I was That's why I which. wondered
0: about it. I kind of thought they were manipulating us. I was kind of going, I don't know that you would if you had a bit of depression, think that you were somehow... The same as people who are living all their lives in an institution and i don't i, I don't know that the inferences that they drew from it w- were were fair right. but uh, but okay. i i i don't know
1: we'll have to pick I it up know. again another day Kira.
0: <laughs> we will just have to pick it up again look my sincere thanks to Andrea Gilligan Thank who can you. hear every day on news talk monday to friday 12 till 2 playing a blinder on lunchtime live that's it for episode six of the podcast, The Crown Cast. Uh, thank you very much for listening. This is Kira Kelly. We'll be back with episode eight very soon.
1: The Crown Cast. From News Talk The Crown. The Crown. The Crown must win.